it's usually characterized by three things. So it'll be sensory issues, communication challenges, and then socialization. It's, those are really the three big categories. Everybody brings a whole different set of strengths to all those different areas. And that's truly why it is a spectrum. And I think focusing on maybe our similarities with all of each other versus the, the differences and, and focus on our strengths, I think can really help to bring out the best in people. You're on a mission, and you just need more people to know about it. And whether you're brand new to marketing or a seasoned pro, we are all looking for answers to make marketing decisions with purpose. I'm Monica Pitts, a techie, crafty business owner, mom, and aerial dancer who solves communication challenges through technology. This podcast is all about digging in and going digital. I'll share my marketing know-how and business experience from almost 20 years of misadventures. I'll be your backup dancer so you can stop doubting and get moving towards marketing with purpose. Hey, we're actually live. Yay. (laughs) Okay, so um, thank you everyone for joining us today. I am very excited because today we are talking with the Thompson Foundation for Autism. And so I've known Miles for a really long time and actually his wife, Laura, helped counsel me through raising a sensitive toddler. And she helped me through this journey by sharing information that she understood because of working with their son, Blake, who has autism. And I was like, wow. This is amazing. Like, it's totally revolutionary to me. I had no idea. Um, So it was everything from, like, calling her and getting her out of the house to getting her to eat foods that she'd never eaten before. And since it's Autism Awareness Month, I felt like, wow, I learned so much from the things that Laura shared with me that I felt like everyone else could probably learn a lot, too, um, about how understanding autism can actually improve communication for all of us. Um, so let's kick it off by Miles and Katie. Why don't you tell us who you are and like what you do at the Thompson Foundation? Go ahead, Katie. Okay, great. Thank you, Monica, for having us here today. My name is Katie Lentz and I am the Director of Donor Relations for the Thompson Foundation. I joined the organization in November of 2020 and it's been a great journey for me learning all about autism, um, exactly what you're talking about today, best ways to communicate um, both with people on the spectrum and about autism. So that's a lot of the work that I do in the marketing and communicating with our donors. So yeah, thanks Monica. Um, Miles Hinkle, the executive director of the Thompson Foundation for Autism. So provide strategic direction, fundraising, all kinds of good stuff for the foundation here as we support the Thompson Center. So been involved, obviously (laughs) the other day was World Autism Day or at our house, also known as Every Day. (laughs) But um, but we're uh, we're thrilled you guys are doing this and and thanks for having us. So I think that first we should let people know what autism is. I mean, I know a lot of people have heard of it, but um, after like doing your website and I actually like went through and like read your what is autism page before I um, posed the question because I wanted to like have a better understanding. So talk me through that. So autism is it's a neural developmental disorder. So it's it was characterized, I think, by Dr. Ben Black here at the Thompson Center really well, which is it's multiple things. It's autisms, if you will. Uh, we know that there are different biomarkers for autism. We know that there are different subgroups, 
we know there are probably multiple environmental factors. Um, so it's really, you know, we talk about this broad spectrum of folks with autism. It's probably multiple autisms, if that makes sense. So, so much more research to figure out all of the things, right? That's but right. Regardless of where people are on that spectrum, since there is such a broad um, adjustment in people and their abilities, they all interpret the world around them differently, right? So tell me a little bit how autism affects how a person interprets the world around them. Yeah, so there, it's usually characterized by three things. So it'll be sensory issues, um, whether that's audio, light, you know, that type of thing, uh, communication uh, challenges, and then socialization is, those are really the three big categories that we look at with folks on the spectrum. So everybody brings a whole different set of strengths to all those different areas. And, and that's truly why it is a spectrum. And uh, I think focusing on maybe our similarities with all of each other uh, versus the, the differences and, and focus on our strengths, I think can really help to bring out the best in people. I agree. And then, so, you guys have a unique role at the foundation and you guys partner with the center to help families and individuals affected by autism. So tell me how you help them. What do you, what do you do? Sure. So the Thompson Center for Autism and Neurodevelopmental Disorders supports families and children affected by autism and many other neurodevelopmental disorders. And they focus on clinical services, which include diagnostic services, as well as therapies. They also have an educational component that includes training. And then finally, the last part is research. So clinical trials, um, pharma studies, things like that. And how the foundation steps in is we support all of that work. So a large portion of the funding for the center comes from our foundation. So when people um, support us, they are directly supporting, supporting the center. And um, along with that, we do also share resources with other centers across the nation, um, as well as some advocacy work. But primarily, we're serving the families here in Mid-Missouri. Awesome. And I know that that's like one of the challenges that you guys face in your marketing is that you are so closely aligned with the center, but you are the foundation. And so I know that when we first started talking, I kept like interchanging the two names. And we also like uncovered a couple other like really fun marketing challenges to sort through. As you guys were in my inaugural class of the nonprofit marketing plan workshop attendees, Katie was like one of my star pupils <laughs> because she like did everything and got it done on time. And um, you know, you would think that, or you might not think that having a great overachiever in the group could be like intimidating to others, but everybody actually said that they felt like inspired by the fact that Katie got the work done. <laughs> and they were like, I can do it now. So um, one of the things that we realized in our consulting session, other than, you know, the, the center versus the foundation was that, you know, most of your supporters understood that there needed to be more research done to serve people with autism and their families, but that they didn't understand what was holding you back from doing more. So tell me about what's holding you guys back from being able to achieve helping more families. Sure, so the CDC estimates that one in 54 children worldwide are on the autism spectrum. So that's a prevalence that has greatly increased in recent years. And with that, the demand for diagnostic and clinical services has gone up as well. 
So currently here at the Thompson Center, there are over 1,100 children that are waiting to receive a diagnosis with 900 of those being autism specific evaluations. And so what that translates for families is over a year sometimes of waiting for those services. So the, the diagnosis is just the first step. And then after they receive that diagnosis of autism, there are other services that may be able to help them in their journey, um, like different therapies. But then there are wait lists for that as well. So that's such a great challenge for both us here in the center and the families that we're trying to serve. Overcoming the wait list. Yes. <laughs> and then, so I have a question like spinning off from what you just said. You said that there was like an increase in diagnosis. So do you feel like that's just because people are becoming more aware of symptoms and maybe more welcoming to treatments and therapies or do you attribute it to something else? Yeah, I think it's, um, I think it's a little bit of both. So I think as you provide a good service, you start to hear word of mouth that we feel the phone calls from parents out of state and within three months they sold a house and sold a business and moved to this area for the services. So I, th I think the theme of the rising tide raises all ships um, comes into play. And then also I think, um, I think there is more awareness. It's a little bit more in the news now. I think when, when Bill and Nancy Thompson first started the center and then the foundation, it wasn't, you know, almost 15, 17 years ago, it wasn't as much in the news just yet. So it was really a lot more questions surrounding it. So I think it's a little bit of both. Now, since we're gonna focus a little bit of our time here on communication back and forth, tell me what are some ways that we can shift our communication patterns or routines to better adapt and communicate with individuals with autism? You know, I think, um, there, I think there are several different ways. I think depending on both their receptive and expressive language. I think one, really listening, like truly listening. Are you truly listening and not just waiting to say whatever you wanna say when they're done speaking? Um, I think that's part of it. I think uh, communicative devices can, can work for some children and, and individuals on the spectrum. It could be an iPad, it could be another device. Storyboards are huge with pictures. Let's say you're gonna travel somewhere and you wanna go through that scenario with an individual on the spectrum, depending on where they are in the spectrum. Having the storyboard with the pictures of where you're gonna go and how you're gonna get there and what it's gonna look like when you end up there is huge. And so I think that's something, just anecdotally, here's, you know, for example, like if we host a dinner party and Blake will be in the room with us and a few other people and somebody will turn to me and say, hey, Miles, what, what does Blake like to do? What kind of are some of the things he's into? And I'll turn to that person and I'll go, well, go ask it. And I'm partially doing that on purpose so that they'll kind of get out of their comfort zone and really interact with him. So I think there are a number of different little strategies like that that you can utilize. Another one that comes to mind for me is um, literal speech versus figurative speech. Um, like saying, oh, this is easy versus, oh, it's a piece of cake. Someone on the spectrum, spectrum might be expecting a piece of cake to be given to them if you're using a phrase like that or um, moving even into the work world, um, say on the job description, if you say flexible, um, maybe somebody's interpreting that literally versus, um, you know, maybe flexibility and um, adaptation, things like that. So um, I think there are ways that we can all think about our speech and how we're communicating clearly um, for people on the spectrum. I do that. So we just got back from Mexico and I use a lot of weird slang speech that are just 
I don't, I don't even know where I got them half the time. Even just this morning, I thought something about, oh, it, it's raining like the Dickens. I'm like, what? Where did that even come from? You know, and so I was trying to communicate with Enoch, who is the person that takes care of us when we travel in Mexico, and we're texting back and forth. And I'm like, I, <laughs> I can't say it that way. That doesn't even make sense to a non-native speaker. Um, and so, yeah, it definitely was. <laughs> I could see how it could get crossed in communication if you're not really clearly communicating. Um, and I, Miles, I love the way that you said really listening. Because I think that as business people, as leaders, as parents or spouses or, or marketers, like interpreting what someone's really saying and thinking about why they're saying it or where they're actually coming from, what they actually mean <laughs> in what they're saying, because we're not saying we're saying it's a piece of cake instead of it's easy, <laughs> is huge. Absolutely. And then the last comment that I had with like storyboards, just relating this back to like the um, nonprofit promotional world, one of the things we've been talking about a lot is a nonprofit success path. Like people come in at this one spot and then they leave at this other spot, right? Putting that into a storyboard for someone makes it so much easier to understand because you understand it, but they don't always understand it. That's so right. these are things that you guys implement for people and families with autism that really we should probably just do on a regular basis. <laughs> they're just great practice, right? right? Yeah, a lot of the principles apply for sure. Um, are there any communication techniques that you've learned from your experiences that you've been applying to other aspects of life that you want to share with people? Yeah, I think the, I think the really listening one is huge. Um, and then appreciating any kind of communication initiation. So by that, I mean, uh, our son's speech, for example, is uh, very tele telegraphic. It's daddy go store. But that's huge in and of itself because he is initiating. It may be a little atypical or not in the norm, but he's initiating an interaction with you. And that's huge. So it's not always what he's expressing or how he's expressing it. It's the fact that he's doing that. And that's a big, big first step. And then how do you appreciate it? Do you just immediately acknowledge him or tell him thank you or what works? Yeah. And, and I think also, also times uh, drawing additional speech out of him. So if given the chance, he'll kind of default to only using two or three words, um, but really getting him to use full sentences and, and kind of bring it out of him. So. You're like a coach. <laughs> <laughs> It helped, It does help to be married to a speech pathologist. I'll tell, I'll, I will say that. So. <laughs> Laura's a rock star. <laughs> How about you, Katie? Have you learned anything? You know, I've been understanding more that structure is something that very much helps people on the spectrum. So I've been thinking of ways that we can structure conversations or like time at time in the office. You know, even something like an agenda that is very helpful for a lot of different meetings could be helpful for someone uh, on the spectrum as well. So, you know, just understanding that uh, a structure can help so many of us, but especially someone with autism is something that I've been considering as well. You guys are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anything else that you guys want to add? I know this is like an awesome week, an awesome like month for you with autism awareness. Anything else that you want to tell people? Yeah, we're, we're, we're in growth mode. You heard Katie talk about our demand for service. It's huge. I mean, the, the equivalent would be like you tweak your back and imagine calling your orthopedic specialist and they're like, well, oh, we can get you in in about a year. 
I mean, that's just, I know it's not acceptable to Bill and Nancy that founded the center. I know it's not acceptable to the clinicians and the staff here, and certainly not acceptable to tell the families. So we're going to work our tails off to, to rectify that. But we need to hire the medical professionals to do that. We've got to renovate and expand the clinical space um, and, and even bolster research as well. So we've, we've got a lot to do and our families deserve it. And you know, we've got a short period of time to do it. So that's a jump on board and we're in growth mode. So. And even just adding Katie to your team is definitely an indicating of our indicator of growth mode because Katie just came on this last what December, right? That's right. And yeah, I, I think, I think the mark of a good leader is surrounding yourself with good people and knowing to knowing how to put a team together. So um, I'm, I couldn't be happier with, with having her as a teammate. Thank you. <laughs> Another thing along that line is that um, here at the Thompson Center, you know, it's associated with a great university. And so because of that, they can grow their own here. They're um, working on fellowship programs and um, fellows that come in and can learn here, really train here, but also retain those folks as well. And, you know, other people will go other places, but once they see how great the Thompson Center is, a lot of people want to stay. So that's also key to the strategy as well. Great, like attracts great, right? Like with like. Definitely. Oh, so happy that you guys are finding success, both in growing your team and growing your program and having people stay around. Tell people how to contact you or how to make a gift. Sure. We've got a great website, thompsonfoundation.org. Thanks to May Create. We're also active on all social media platforms. So Facebook, we're Thompson Foundation for Autism. On Twitter and Instagram, we are TF Autism. And then we're also on LinkedIn as well. So please connect with us. You can find a donate button on our page as well on our website. Thank you so much for your time today, guys. Thanks for Thanks, having Monica. me. We really appreciate it. Okay, so um, I forgot though, before I wrap up, I just wanted to let anybody who is just catching us at the end, I wanna let you guys know that we are gonna put this out on our Marketing with Purpose podcast. So you can always catch it out there in the coming weeks. And um, yeah, so until next time, go forth and market with purpose. Mm -hmm.